You have put a new song in my mouth. A song of praise. A sound that resonates that all of heaven and earth may worship you. We tread the hills to meet with you, to see your majesty in all that surrounds us. For it speaks and displays the eternal God of ages, creator, author, victor. In love, you established an everlasting covenant with your people, and it's your love that captivates us. As children of the King, we rush in as waves unrestrained, overcome, overwhelmed, that the King crowned in glory and splendor would reach down to place a crown upon our heads. So we raise our banner, the banner we boldly stand under, the banner of Jesus Christ. From dusk to dawn, from age to age, your praise resounds in all the earth. Deliverer, Redeemer, ruler of an everlasting kingdom that cannot be shaken. We trust in the name of Christ Jesus, the only King forever. Welcome to Zion's Redemption Radio. This is Fundamentally Mormon. I'm your host, Mark Lichtenwalter. The guest call-in number is 917-889-8827. That's 917-889-8827. You can find this at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon. And the text will also be posted on my Facebook wall at facebook.com forward slash L-A-Z-U-R-U-S 1977. You can also find the text and the audio to this radio program on iTunes at Fundamentally Mormon and in the different Facebook groups that I am an admin of. Some of those groups are LDS Last Days Prophecy and Gospel Discussions, LDS Gospel Mysteries, Latter-day Unity, and others. You can find the pages that I admin also on my Facebook wall. And if you enjoy this program, please friend request me or follow me and uh, make me one of your close friends. We try to put out as many episodes as we can during the week. But I'm thankful for you to be here today. Let's get right into the reading today. We are going to be reading out of Ogden Kraut's books. You can find his books for free to read online at ogdenkraut.com. That's O-G-D-E-N-K-R-A-U-T.com. That's O-G-D-E-N-K-R-A-U-T.com. Okay. Hi, everybody. Um, So Mark is not on yet, but he will be joining us. It's just one of those uh, nights where we, he had to be to work at the same time that the radio show started. And so we have to do things a little bit different today, but still wanted to come in and and do some reading and some studying with everybody here. Um, Today is the 1st of June. 2021. Oh, my son's like asking me stuff. 
Um, anyways, so let's go ahead and do a dedication of the show um, before we begin with the reading. Tonight's reading will be Christ and the Jewish Leaders, Chapter 5 of Holy Priesthood, Volume 5, pages 48 to 57. <clears throat> and let's do the dedication first. Our beloved Father in Heaven, we come before thee this day, this uh, almost evening, and uh, give thee praise and thanks for the days that we have had today, for the work we were able to accomplish. Um, Lord, we're thankful for the time that we have now to spend with our friends and loved ones, with our family, and to be able to be at this place that we have come to right now to be able to read of thee and share thy word and knowledge with everyone who is wanting and waiting and willing to hear what it is that thou would have us learn. Father, we ask thee to watch over and keep us safe in all the many places that we are, though we are not congregated together as we would like to be. We ask Thee to help us all to be able to become one and all move and live in Zion. We want to bring about Thy kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, Lord, and we ask Thee to please be with us and watch over us. Give us Thy Holy Spirit to help us understand and discern what it is that Thou would have us learn this night. And these things we pray with humble heart, in the name of Yeshua, even Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, just give me one second. He's calling me right now. Hold on. So he's going to call in right now and um, be on also. So I'm thankful for you guys to be here tonight with us. Um, Again, we're going to be reading um, Christ and the Jewish Leaders, Chapter 5 of Holy Priesthood, Volume 5, pages 48 to 57, starting with John, Chapter 5, Verse 30. Um, What did you need, Emmett? Oh, just I want you to unload that. Please bring it down to the playroom. Thank you. Um, Again, John chapter 5, verse 30 says, I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father, which hath sent me. Jesus started his ministry by saying, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. One interpretation of this could be that the words of man have very little worth in comparison to the words of God. When Jesus went into the wilderness to be with the God, the tempter came to him. Hold on just one second. Emmett, mm-hmm. open up the back of the car, okay. not the side doors. Go open up the back of the car okay. where it's easier to take everything out. Okay, <clears throat> okay sorry. Jesus started his ministry by saying, 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. One interpretation of this could be that the words of man have very little worth in comparison to the words of God. When Jesus went into the wilderness to be with God, the tempter came to him, but Christ's best defense was quoting the scripture, which says, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Matthew chapter 4, verse 10. Jesus was quoting from the Old Testament, but it is difficult to tell the exact source because it is mentioned so many times. Just one second into it. It's going in and out now. Okay. There we go. That is Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 10, chapter 6, verse 13, chapter 10, verse 12, chapter 11, verse 13, chapter 13, verse 4, Joshua chapter 22, verse 5, uh, 24, or chapter 24, verse 14, 15, chapter 22, verse 1, and Samuel chapter 7, verse 3 chapter 12, verse 14, and also verse 20 and 24. So that was quite the uh, reference there. <clears throat> it is the foundation of the Israelite religion. This scripture can be divided into two parts. One is to worship only the Lord. The other is to serve only him. It seems like such a simple commandment, yet it is probably the most neglected. One of the most misinterpreted scriptures of the Bible is... For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. That's Matthew chapter 11, verse 13. Modern clergymen assume that Jesus did away with the law of the Old Testament because the law ended with Jesus. But Christ said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 through 18, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. End quote. Jesus was saying that, number one, he would not destroy the law. Number two, he would fulfill the living of it. Number three, not one jot or tittle would pass from the law. And number four, Religious leaders should be warned to make no changes in God's laws. But through the years, religious men in authority have made changes in the principles, laws, and ordinances because they felt inspired. They had a church office, so they believed the Lord must surely sanction and support their activities. These super-righteous Pharisees thought they had a shield of righteousness to protect them and sustain them from failure. But Jesus taught them there was a strong possibility of falling, and it is just as applicable today as it was then. <clears throat> the Lord gave a strong warning against a brother, a leader, or a seer, who might cause people to err. Joseph Smith's inspired translation provides a better rendition. Therefore, if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. Or if thy brother offend thee, and confess not, and forsake not, he shall be cut off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed, than having two hands go to, to go to, into hell. For it is better for thee to enter into life without thy brother than for thee and thy brother to be cast into hell. Into the fire that never shall be quenched, 
where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And we're on uh, page 50. And again, if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. Cut if off. I think it means it. It just says if. Okay. For he is, for he that is thy standard, by whom thou walkest, if he become a transgressor, transgressor, he shall be cut off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fires that never shall be quenched. Therefore, let every man stand or fall by himself, and not for another, or not trusting another. Seek unto my Father, and it shall be done in that very moment. What ye shall ask, if ye ask in faith, believing that ye shall receive, and if thine eye which seeth for thee, him that is appointed to watch over thee to show thee light, become a transgressor and offend thee, pluck him out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire. For it is better that thyself should be saved than to be cast into hell with thy brother. Where their worm dieth not and where the fire is not quenched, End quote. That is, it says I dot V, which makes me not think that it's nine because they don't usually abbreviate Roman noodles, Roman numerals, sorry. Um, and it says Mark chapter nine, verse 48 or 40 through 48. There are some very important points in this translation that apply to trusting in someone else. The hand that may do wrong is a brother. The foot is a leader who transgresses the law of God. And the eye is the seer appointed to receive revelation for you. It is clear that each of them is capable of transgression and may lead you wrong, resulting in both of you ending up in hell. Three important concepts are found in verse 44. Number one, every man should stand or fall by himself. Number two, he should not stand or fall for another. And number three, he should not trust another. Okay, we're on page 51 with a really good break here in it. If you have anything to say, Mark, are you on here? Yeah, I'm here, but um, I'm about to go past the scales, and it, you know how it is. Bad area. Yep, it'll break up. Okay. Yeah. Then I'll just continue on on page 51. Okay. Okay. So people make a serious mistake trying to serve both God and some misguided leader. The Jews had great confidence in their leaders who were very learned, wealthy, and socially prominent. Yet these great men were the worst enemies of Jesus. They loved their wealth more than God. Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, quote, No man can serve two masters, for he will, e- will hate one, the one, and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon, end quote. Again, from Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. It is usually an easy thing to support leaders who receive revelation, perform miracles, cast out devils, prophesy in the name of Jesus, and do many wonderful works. But even this may be very dangerous. As Jesus warned in Matthew chapter 7, oh, this is a couple of different quotes. So it's again, I 
V says, ye never knew me, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. I don't know if there was part of a quote cut off there. Anyways, not everyone saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out our devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works, and then I will, prof will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And then it says, I.V. says, ye never knew me. Matthew chapter 7, 21, verse 21 through 23. Um, I think that was split up or something is wrong with that there. Anyways, what iniquity were those Why Jewish leaders guilty of? What? Uh, I want to say things, but I'm in a bad area, so I was just going to say yeah. um, the proper translation is you never knew me. Uh, yeah. Area okay, well, you're breaking up. Um, no I, we did hear that the proper translation is you never knew me. But um, I'm sure you can say more of that as soon as you are in better service. Let me finish the rest of this page as it's almost done, and then maybe you'll be able to speak more. What iniquity were those Jewish leaders guilty of? They walked a limited distance on the Sabbath day. They often made sacrifices. They paid tithing in their on their spices, and they prayed, preached, and constantly led the church. They were very learned and capable men, yet they did something to cause them and their followers to make the most serious mistake of their lives. They crucified their Lord. A little later, Jesus was probably referring to church leaders when he mentioned the wise and prudent. Page 52. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, O Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them unto babies. That's Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. A discerning Bible commentator carefully explained the above passage. The thing he, he gives thanks for, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and yet revealed them to babes. These things he does not, but means the great things of the gospel, the things that belong to our peace. That's Luke XIX. Not sure. 19. Uh, verse 42. No idea. Yeah, I think it's 19. So verse 42, I'm going but I don't down know why they wrote it that way. Four miles from Hiawatha. So, um, that scripture, um, you never knew me. Um, yep. Well, the scripture in our King James Bible is, I never knew you. Um, he just rejects them. The fact of the matter is that even though they're pious and they're religious and all this stuff, they never really knew him. The only way that you get to know him is through revelation, which means you have to be a prophet. You have to stop trusting in the arm of flesh, because all these people do 
because they they listen to the person that taught them, and then they take that and then they teach it to others, you know. And it's like a big telephone game, and you get all these different interpretations of scripture. But you know all about Jesus, or you know all about a scripture or whatever, but you never know the correct interpretation by a revelation through confirmation of the Holy Spirit. And you never get to know him personally. And are you chewing on gum or something? Oh, no, I'm not. Sorry. What is all that weird noise? Um, can you hear it right now? It's not as... No, I can't hear it now. Okay. The kids just closed the um, door to the car. They were getting stuff out of it for me. Oh, so much your chew on gum. Anyway, Kim, I need a massage chair. (laughs) I know. I have a knot in my back, and it hurts, and I want it gone. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's fine. I'm just going to mute myself. Okay, I'll continue reading. He spoke thus emphatically of them. These things, because they were things that filled him and should fill us, all other things are as nothing to these things. Note, number one, the great things of the everlasting gospel have been and are hid from many that were wise and prudent, that were eminent for learning and worldly policy. Some of the greatest scholars and greatest statesmen have been the greatest strangers to gospel mysteries. The world, by wisdom, knew not God. 1 Corinthians I, verse 21. I don't know why it's Roman numeraling all of the chapters now. That's weird. Nay, there is an opposition given to the gospel by a science falsely so-called. 1 Timothy, Timothy sorry, 6, verse 20. Those who are most expert in things, sensible and secular, are commonly least experienced in spiritual things. Men may dive deeply into the mysteries of nature and into the mysteries of state and yet be ignorant of and mistake about the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven for want of an experience of the power of them. Number two, While the wise and prudent men of the world are in the dark about gospel mysteries, even the babes in Christ have the sanctifying, saving knowledge of them. Thou hast revealed them unto babes. Such the disciples of Christ were men of mean birth and education. No scholars, no artists, no politicians. Unlearned and ignorant men. That comes from Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Thus are the secrets of wisdom which are double to that which is which is job chapter 11 verse 6 made known unto babes and sucking that out of their mouth strength strength might be so my phone just reset and all of these chapters for some reason have roman numerals in them instead of regular just numbers So every time I get to a thing, I have to translate the Roman numeral into a number for me, (laughs) for my head. (laughs) You know Roman numerals. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
So, and the reason yeah. why um, God wants to rebuild things to babes is because babes trust their parents. Yeah. Yeah, and God wants us to be like children. He wants us to trust and verify, kind of like what Reagan was talking about. Ronald Reagan would always say, trust but verify, you know. But that's the way God wants us to be. He wants us to trust him, to go to him. Like a little child, they, they'll say, you know, what does this mean? And they, they ask a billion questions. Questions, And sometimes it's a little bit annoying because you're like, why do you have to ask all the questions? You know, but that's how they learn. And um, when they start becoming a teenager, they start asking their friends. And their friends that want to pretend like they know everything, they will give them all kinds of stupid answers. And they'll trust their friends instead of trusting their parents. And um, I don't know why I can hear that noise still. It sounds like you're chewing cud. Are you by the goat? Nope, I'm just sitting in the car. I'm just sitting in the car. Can you let me answer the question? (laughs) I'm just sitting in the car, sitting here being very quiet. I'm not even moving or saying anything. So you might be hearing the backness of what is going on in your truck. Uh, no, because I hear it when I'm not even, um, when I'm muted, and I have my headset on with a noise-canceling mic, it's why I bought it, so that... Super weird. Yeah, I don't know. Well, on the old radio show, sometimes, um, the powers that be would sit there, and they would, uh, turn their mic off on their phone. And they would basically, you can hear them talking in the background and doing stuff in the background. But um, if they weren't on the show, and maybe it's just them doing that sort of thing against this show. But I don't know. But anyway, I really wish that you would get your headset out and use it. Anyway, are you there? Now I can't hear anything. I'm trying to connect my headset. Okay. Anyway, but like teenagers, they will, you know, every every adult who's gone through the phase of being a teenager knows how many stupid things they did as a teenager. And you become an adult and you're like, you know, you're like, teenagers are dumb because they are dumb, but they think they're so smart. But it's, they get into this development phase where instead of asking their parents, they think that they can go ask everyone else, uh, especially people their own age who don't know anything, just like they don't know anything. And uh, that's kind of like how we are as uh, people. You know, we're in that phase where, oh, let's trust the science. Well, yeah, maybe trust the science, except for scientists have theories, and their theories change with new evidence all the time. And they act like everything's so set in stone, but it's not. It never was, and it never will be until they learn everything and become gods themselves, you know. But you know what? You know who does know everything? God. And if you trust the science and then go to God with your science or your thoughts, 
you can get revelation on, on different things, and mostly confirmation. Or, uh, you know, a yeses and noes. Let your yes be yes and your noes be noes. Most of the stuff we learn line upon line, precept, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. Um, and most of it's yeses and noes. You know, but there's been times when I was like, this is what I think the scripture means. And then the spirit withdraws from me. I know that's a no. Because then I'll be like, I have studied this out. I don't know what else to do to try to figure it out. Can you please help me? And then God will just give me the answer. That doesn't happen all the time. But sometimes it does. And I'm like, oh, wow, I never thought of that before. And then I'll take that back and I'll say, so this is what I heard you say. And then I'll get confirmation of the spirit. And you know what? Like, I used to be a drug addict. I have a new addiction. It's called the Holy Spirit. I can keep the Holy Spirit with me, or I can increase the Holy Spirit within my life. That's my drug. And going to God and answering, getting prayers answered, brings the Holy Spirit. So it's kind of like a carrot in front of a donkey's nose. Now, he will pull the carrot away from you a little bit to help you to strive to move forward. So there's like differing levels of uh, strength of the spirit, but he's just trying to get you to move forward and not be stuck in a spot, you know, and uh, stagnant. He wants you to move forward. So anyway, I uh, I don't hear all that background noise anymore. You there? I am here. I'm trying to connect the headset that you wanted me to use. It's just uh, not working for you. You got your earbuds and that headset that the Bluetooth is pairing or... I don't know. Why it's not... You don't, what headset is it that you're trying to use? I'm trying to use my headset. Your earbuds. Tim, you have I don't know why. Headsets. I don't... Okay, now I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Which headset are you okay. using? The earbuds or the My uh, earbuds. blue parrot? Okay. Well, it sounds better anyway, so. Okay. I am turning in Wellington. Okay. Um, you want me to continue on? Yeah, okay, number two. While the wise and prudent men of the world are in the dark about gospel mysteries, even the babes in Christ have the sanctifying, saving knowledge of them. Thou hast revealed them unto babes. Such the disciples of Christ were men of mean birth and education, no scholars, no artists, no politicians, unlearned and ignorant men. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Thus are the secrets of wisdom, which are double to that which is. Job, chapter 11, verse 6. 
made known unto babes and sucking, that out of their mouth strength might be ordained. Psalms chapter 8, verse 2. And God's praise thereby perfected. The learned men of the world were not made choice of to be their pre- the preachers of the gospel, but the foolish things of the world. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6, 8, and 10. Number three, this difference between the prudent and the babes is of God's own making. It is he that has hid these things from the wise and prudent. He gave them parts and learning and much of human understanding above others, and they were proud of that and rested in it and looked no further. And therefore, God justly denies them the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And then, though they hear the sound of the gospel tidings, they are to them as a strange thing. Matthew Henry's commentary, verse 5, page 1, or Matthew Henry's commentary, volume 5, page 159. When Joseph Smith went out into the woods to pray and to ask God which church to join, part of his answer was similar to the scripture which stated, Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Matthew chapter 15, verses 7 through 9. This was the condition of a hundred churches, speaking about God, but teaching the commandments of men. Men had set aside the laws of God because they preferred to obey the laws of man. Time has not changed this. Time has not changed this. It was that way when Jesus was on the earth, and that's the way it is now. Jesus made a rather spiteful remark about some of the religious leaders. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Matthew, chapter 15, verse 14. He was not speaking of their physical blindness, about their spiritual, but their spiritual blindness. It seems rather strange that these men, who could nearly quote the whole Old Testament, had high positions in public and religious circles, and were very strict and devout in their faith, would be called blind guides. No wonder Christ did not choose his disciples from among them. The greatest problems Jesus had seemed to originate with religious or political leaders. They were constantly trying to trap and condemn him because they were afraid. If we let him thus, alone all men will believe on him and the romans shall come and take away both our place and nation john chapter 11 verse 48 and my phone reset so now i have to go back and find it again John chapter 11, verse 48. These Jewish leaders love the temporal more than the spiritual. Jesus saith unto them, Did ye never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected, the same as become the head of the corner? This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, say I unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. But on whomsoever it shall fall, it grind him to powder. And when the chief priests 
and Pharisees had heard his parables, and they perceived that he spake of them. That's Matthew chapter 21, verse 42 through 45. These chief priests and Pharisees were proud of their high positions and their genealogical heritage, but it didn't mean much to Jesus. And think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. That's Matthew chapter 3, verse 9. Now we're on page 55. Did you have anything to say? No, um, I was going to... So Jesus was the, the rock and the stone of, Ju- uh, of Judah. And in the scriptures, it talks about two stones. Um, and uh, in Genesis chapter 49, it says that the stone would come from Joseph. Instead, all that is talking about is the role of Messiah ben Judah, the king Messiah, and Messiah ben Joseph, who is a forerunner of the king Messiah that comes to prepare the second coming uh, in the last days of the Davidic servant. So a lot of people don't understand what that is. And uh, Daniel saw that stone cut out of the mountain made without hands. Now, it's interesting because the mountain made without hands is the church, not the stone that rolls forth. So the modern-day LBS church, they get it wrong when they think that they're the stone that cut, is cut out of the mountain that rolls forth and subdues all the kingdoms of the world. Well, they haven't done that yet, yet they're in every nation. But it's not talking about them um, other than the mountain. So the mountain that Daniel saw that was made without hands, that's the church. And the stone that is cut out of the mountain, that, well, that was Jesus, partly a fulfillment of Jesus, because the church, the true church, always rejects the stone when it comes to them. So the true church of Jesus' day was the uh, it was the temple and the Sanhedrin and all of these guys. Just kind of like King Noah in the Book of Mormon had a Benedict come to him and he rejected him. But that was the true church. That's why Alma, when he went and repented, he didn't need to get rebaptized because he was in the true church. It's just that the prophet that was sent from out uh, outside of the true church was rejected by everyone but him. Same thing with Samuel the Lamanite. He went to the true church. He was a prophet sent from outside of the true church. When the church rejects the stone that is sent to them, or Messiah ben Joseph, he is cut out or excommunicated from the true church. That's all that prophecy is talking about. But the stones that are spoken of are Messiah ben Judah and Messiah ben Joseph, the two anointed witnesses of the Father. Are you still there? Can you hear me? Okay, I'm not sure. Yeah, okay, now I can hear you because you just cut off and I was like, uh, what are you doing? Hello, are you there? (laughs) Can you still hear me? 
Okay, well, let me continue on reading on page 55. Joseph Smith also mentions these stony Gentiles, these dogs, to raise up children unto Abraham. That comes from teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith, page 319. The inference here is that a leader who has lost the spirit of the Lord has less chance with the Lord than the stony dog Gentiles. These religious leaders were so very strict in their lives, yet they could not accept Jesus as the Son of God and their Savior, only that he was a teacher come from God. In the beginning of his ministry, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. That's John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Nicodemus was one of the greatest rulers of the Jews and was speaking for many of his associates. They recognized Jesus as a teacher from God and yet did not want to accept his teachings. These, this should be a warning to all religious leaders. Never deny the truth or change principles of the gospel. Do not put the laws of Babylon before the laws of God. The lesson here is that honorable titles, esteemed positions, and professed religious sincerity do not protect anyone from being deceived. In the ongoing conflict between Jesus and the political and religious leaders, he finally said to them, Verily I say unto you that the publications, or the publicans, sorry, and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. That's Matthew chapter 21, verse 31. It sounds more like an insult than a truth. How could such righteous and highly religious people be preceded by harlots and publicans? Martin Luther answered that question. And we're on page 56 now. And in Matthew 21, verse 31, he also says that harlots and base fellows shall enter the kingdom of heaven before the Pharisees and scribes, although they were pious, chaste, and respectable people. Why should that be? Because they oppose the word of God, the gospel, whereas the harlots and base fellows, although they sinned, did not strive against the gospel. Selected writings of Martin Luther, chapter 3, verse 21. They did not, however, oppose all of the gospel, only certain portions of it. They quoted the scriptures, made daily offerings, preached many beautiful sermons, sat in the uppermost seats of the congregation, worked at the temple, and wore robes of the rabbi and the priest. Yet these very men who opposed some of the doctrines of Christ finally condemned him. And Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples apart in the way and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall betrayed, be betrayed unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death. Matthew chapter 20, verse 17 and 18. From these scriptural passages, we learn that religious re- leaders are not necessarily blessed with discernment, honesty, and spirituality, just by virtue in, of their office. In fact, many should not be religious leaders at all, but God allows them to be there as They are instruments in my hands and are permitted to try my people and to collect from among them those who are not the elect and such as are unworthy of eternal life. That's Unpublished Revelations, Volume 1. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Um, So Fred Collier. Uh, Compiled by Collier. Yeah, that's by Collier, page 105. 
Um, yeah. Actually, so go ahead. He act, uh, so he would go into the archives of the LDS Church as a member and an archive worker, and he'd find all of these unpublished revelations the church didn't want published. And he would take um, he would take them into the bathroom, and then he had a friend who would be waiting outside of the window of the bathroom, and he'd like have him take it out and copy it all down. <laughs> and then he would he would uh, you know get them back and go put them back where they were supposed to be. And he did this for years. That's why we have those. Uh, revelations and things that the church doesn't want the people to know about. So, when Fred Collier is still alive, he uh, was found out and excommunicated by the LDS church, and uh, he lives down in Mexico now, and we've actually met some of his kids are in Centennial Park, which is a polygamous group in Utah, but yeah, uh, I don't know, I always get a kick out of Fred Collier and what he did. Makes me smile. <laughs> so yeah. the, the testing, though, so notice it's the religious leaders that separate and gather the unelect unto themselves. That's exactly the what I was going to say. Yeah. The reason this happens is because the elect will go to God, and they will get revelation from God. And they'll hear the leaders, but they'll have a personal relationship with God. The unelect, they separate themselves because they just fully trust the leaders. Yeah, it's like my grandpa once told me, well, I will do anything I'm told to by the church. And if it's wrong, then it'll be on them, not me. Because uh, he got that from Heber J. Grant, and Heber J. Grant taught that to David O. McKay, and then David O. McKay taught it to the church. It's false. That's how you fall. That's, that's the testing. God gives these people as a testing to see if you're going to follow man or you're going to follow God. That's the test. Yep. Okay. What I was going to say also is that it says separates the wheat from the tares. And um, when I ask, so this is so basic, it's funny to me because I teach little kids okay I teach first graders when I ask them to separate um you know the blue beads from the white beads or you know separate um all of the yellow crayons um I'm asking them essentially to pull them out of I'm not saying all of the ones that are less I don't expect them to pull out every other crayon and leave the yellow ones, you know, I tell them, okay, um, separate the yellow crayons. And then they essentially pull out all of the yellow crayons. So when you say to separate the wheat from the tares, like it says in scripture, you're essentially saying, okay, pick the wheat out and leave the tares there. That's what you're doing. Um, And so I think it's funny because it's the same way that this is. Um, they're going to, you know, leave those people or God leaves them there in positions of power so that they can try and test the, the mass of the church. They can test them. And that way God can know who his elect are, the people who are not 
um, the blind followers of these Pharisees and Sadducees. So, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. And that's what I was going to say, too. So I'm glad that you were talking about it. Um, everybody continuing. does go through a phase. Oh. Everybody mm-hmm. does go through a phase. Where they it's a learning follow. period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you get to the point where you realize that you can go to God yourself. And that's what the leaders should be teaching the people. But they don't teach that. They, they follow yeah. the prophets. And listen, listen to the prophets. And then Dallin A. Choke says, even if the leader's wrong, you should not criticize the leaders. Um, well, you're not infallible, and you're a test, so whatever. I don't know. I just We shouldn't place idols in front of God, and an idol is anyone that, that, uh, that like, tries to stand in front of God. I'm way, I guess, but I don't know. Yeah, me too. Okay. Continuing on, sorry. The Savior has left us with many valuable guidelines and warnings to help us in properly directing our faith and trust. Matthew alone contains the following. I'm on page 57 right now. Number one, we must worship God only. Number two, we are to serve God only. Number three, we are not to trust another. Number four, all men are fallible. All men are fallible. Number five, even seers can fail and fall. Number six, offices or titles protect no one from sin or deception. Oh, sorry about that. I'm in the car and I forgot that that was plugged in. So if there's a police... I, I get a kick out of all of these people that are like, I've met so many people that are like, I want to be a prophet. I want to be a prophet. And they're, what they're saying is they want everybody to love them and adore them, and they want to be the head of the church. Worshipped, yeah. They're not, yeah, they're not saying they want to be a prophet because they want to speak with God and to learn directly from him. But I always laugh at people that want to be prophets because, like, okay, we should all be prophets. But... Let me tell you something. You're just basically calling down tribulation upon yourself if you're trying to be a prophet. Because as soon as you lift your head up against the devil's kingdom, he will come after you in every single way that he can, and you will lose friends, you will lose family members, and that's fine. You want to be on the mountaintop alone. I've been there for many years. And it's a wonderful place to be, and you want other people to be up there with you. But at the same time, it's a lonely place. And every single prophet that I have seen God actually raise up, they've all uh, succumbed to pride, and uh, and they've fallen in one sense or another. Every single one of them. It's not an easy road. So, I mean, yeah, everybody should be prophets. You should. And if you want the reward, go for it. Because God is no respecter of person. But just let me tell you, it's not an easy road. So anyway, I am going up the road to the mine. It's going to break up a bunch. So if I don't mm-hmm. answer or anything, that's why. But I'll try to be on as much as I can. Okay, we are actually almost on Chapter 6. 
so yeah, you probably won't be there for the end of the reading, but okay. Anyways, I'll continue reading. <laughs> um, uh, just the phone lines are open. It's nine one seven eight eight nine eight eight two seven. If we have any guest callers, if anybody wants uh, questions or comments, I'll be in a bad area for about four minutes. Uh, but then I'll be able to uh, see if anybody called in and uh, go okay. go to that point. So, all right. Okay. Number six, offices or titles protect no one from sin or deception. Number seven, God forces no man to be good. Number eight, church leaders are servants, not rulers. Number nine, prophets performing miracles do not necessarily know God. Number 10, most church leaders have only a form of godliness. Number 11, true disciples of Jesus are brought up before high councils in churches. Number 12, religious leaders can know Jesus and still oppose him and his teachings. Number 13, true Christian followers or leaders are not usually found among the worldly lawyers, doctors, learned wise, and prudent. Number 14, harlots have a better chance of getting into heaven before they do. Number 15, people active in the church usually choose the traditions and laws of society rather than gospel principles. Number 16, there is no middle ground between the world and the gospel. No gray area. Number 17, two or three true disciples can have Christ with them. Number 18, there would also be an abundance of false prophets. Number 19, everyone is deceived except the very elect. Number 20, camels could go through the eye of a needle easier than rich men entering into heaven. All of this is a reminder of the fact that it is the nature and disposition of almost all men. As soon as they get a little authority, as they suppose, they will immediately begin to exercise unrighteous dominion. That's D&C 121, verse 39. This has been true since the beginning of time and continues to hold true in our day. Now we are on page 58, which is the beginning of chapter 6, which we will be reading tomorrow night. Um, but I have a little bit of a precursor to read so that you understand what we're going to be reading about tomorrow night. Um, the call-in line is 917-889-8827. And if you want to call in and you have any questions or comments, um, we're more than happy to chat with you, to hear you out and um hopefully to learn from you or edify. Um, either way, it's great to hear our callers and our listeners. And um, we like to hear people of the faith and uh, people who we have things in common with. Okay, so continuing on, Chapter 6. <clears throat> the Reformers Attempt to Reform. No faithful man ought to follow either the Pope himself or any of the holy men, but in such points as he hath followed the Lord Jesus Christ. John Wycliffe, The Great Controversy, E.G. White, page 102. 
Ecclesiastical history is checkered with accounts of scholastic theologians and ministers who, without the aid of revelation, use their own learning and reasoning to make changes in the ordinances and principles of the gospel. When unable to get a genuine revelation from God, they suppose their own ideas were inspired. One of the greatest catastrophes to come upon the Christians was not when they were fed to lions, burned at the stake, driven from their homes, or perished from famine. True Christianity died when men of learning and pride led the church by assuming divine guidance, but scholars can never replace prophets. After the last inspired prophet died, new, uninspired, learned, and proud imitators took his place. From then on, Truth and error were intermingled, and both sheep and wolves were dressed alike. Paul had warned the saints, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. That is Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. And that is the end of that reading for tomorrow. Um, And also just um, looking at that and reading it, it is so true because the best liars that you will ever meet in your life lie with partial truth in it. Um, I know I've lived with liars before. Um, My ex was a great deceiver and um, even continues to be till through to this day. Um, But, even a lot of the men that I now know now, uh, men and women, sorry, I'm not trying to be biased one way or the other, but um, they mix their own um, philosophies with the things that they read. And instead of um, having you read it on your own, go to God, look for it for yourself, they try to lie and manipulate and deceive your feelings to make you feel like what they're saying is accurate and correct so you do not have to go to God or feel like you do not have to go to God to get the truth. But in all cases, um, when truth and lies are intermingled, it makes it difficult for um, everyone, for anyone to get the truth of what is being said because they're like, well, that makes sense because I understand this part. But the other part, it doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense to me. Um, but it does say in scripture that we can know the truth of all things. So we can know, um, liars from, you know, the prophets of God and we can know God's truth as opposed to man's, which is intermingled with other, um, lies. Um, I'm not sure if you are there right now, Mark, if you can hear me. I am here. Um, did you see if anybody was on? I didn't know if you wanted to say no. anything. Okay. No, there's nobody on. So, like, you know how people are like, well, we haven't had that rebuild for us. And I'm always like, okay, two things. God can let anybody know the truth of all things. Number two, just because you don't know about it doesn't mean somebody else hasn't been given it. You know? It just drives me nuts. Can you uh, talk for just a minute while I do something here? 
Yeah, there was something else I was going to talk about, not necessarily about that. Hopefully this doesn't go too much off on a tangent from you. Um, but part of this reading, when it talks about harlots, it does it several times, talks about how harlots will have an easier time getting into heaven and being with God than these religious leaders who uh, deceive millions, thousands of people into um, turning away from God. Uh, whereas a harlot, he or she is a harlot, usually it's a she, so I don't know, uh, knows that she is a harlot, and uh, she understands that truth in in her own. Um, but she knows that she can be Christian and knows that God, you know, or Jesus Christ, he paid for her sins, He uh, and she owes all to him, and therefore having that knowledge, that little bit of knowledge of I know that he is there for me and he understands why it is that I do what I do, what happened to me to make me be where I am at this this time in my life. And he knows that she's trying to do better or just be um, where she's at now. So, um, and she doesn't, you know, boast or think that she's better than anyone else. She understands where she's at and what she could be doing better. And I feel like it doesn't necessarily have to be a harlot, but it could be, um, you know, any being, any person who has an understanding of, you know, I am not any better than the next person at, you know, in God's eyes. I am who I am. God knows who I am. I know who he is. I try to do my best to follow his commandments, to to follow his laws, to teach and help others come to God, you know, and I feel like if you know that and if you're there, you know, in your heart and you are speaking to God, being believing as a child and being understanding of other people, not being judgmental towards every person because we are all in our own um, learning. We. So some of the things that I do right now with teaching is we do what's called individualized education plans, okay? An individualized education plan is exactly what it is. It's exactly what it sounds like. It is for each student to have their own path to get them to where they need to be in their learning. And everybody, I feel like, has an individualized God path, (laughs) So there is things that God needs us to get to individually, and we may not all have the same um, goal or the same things that we go to and go through in life to make us who we are, Um, but he knows what it is, and he's trying to help us to get there. And so we have our individualized plan with God to try to get us there. And I feel like a lot of times, Um, people judge through their own eyes, through their own flesh of what they have gone through and they cannot see another's point of view. They can't see it in somebody else's eyes. So when we are judging others for the path that they have trodden, for the path that they have walked down, it is not of God for us to do that because we do not know. You cannot judge a fish on how well it climbs a tree because if you do then it will always be failing and that is exactly how it is um i feel like with god's plan for each of us 
Not if the cheese in the oh, water. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean you're back on or no? <laughs> kind of. Not really, but I mean, I'm at the mine, so. Oh, okay. Well, I'm all done with the reading for tonight. I don't know if you can get on and see if any other callers are in. Nope, there's nobody there. Wah, wah, wah. Sad face. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I don't want to say anything rude, but they who sees their evil cometh not unto the light. Oh? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm glad that we had this time to be able to read and do this stuff. And I know that there are people who want to be um, on the call and be able to call in, but our time zones and um, their schedules do not work with us. But they're still there. They're still in heart. We have uh, hundreds of people who get on and um, who are studying to the best of their ability. I'd love to learn with them if they had time. Um, but we're all at different well, places. That's what's so great about this is we're all at different places and we're I all love, trying our best. I love that you mm-hmm. make excuses for people. But the fact of the matter <laughs> is before – they switched over to doing these stupid lives on YouTube and Facebook where you can't really interact with them, I mean, unless you're on a keyboard. Like, we used Mm -hmm. to get on Zoom all the time. And, like, they would present the reading, and then we would all talk. So the fact of the matter is, there are plenty of people out there that can listen, that can conversate, that just don't come. Because they they do it to... uh, the Phil's thing when he does his Zoom calls, you know, if Kevin comes on, they'll call in. So we do this every mm-hmm. single day, and we have an, a, a phone line available for people to call in. And, uh, you know, people don't call in. So, and it's probably because they think I'm crazy. Maybe yeah, they're I contemplating. I hope they are. But um, maybe they don't have anything to say. Maybe they have no questions. It is explained. You are such a good teacher. (laughs) This might be a little bit kidding, but you are so amazing at teaching that there is no questions. They completely understand all of the directions and the directives. They have no questions about it whatsoever. And so they're just there to listen. Maybe, Uh, maybe that's that's what it is. Okay, well. 5793, next floor. Down the hill with the hunter. I appreciate it. <laughs> anyway, that's Cal in front of me. Oh. Uh, it's my turn to load, so I'm going to let you go, and I'm going to play the music. So I'll call you back after the music's done with. Okay, sounds amazing. All right, talk to you later. Thanks to everybody for Bye. listening, at least. I know they listen because I do see the stats. So. All right. All right. Here we go. Bye. <laughs>